We have Sarah Rogo, and she's developed her soulful root style, marinated in blues, soul, and folk, giving those styles her own savory seasonings. She shared the stage with Joe Bonamassa and Jimmy Vaughn and is a TEDx speaker. She also goes by Rogo and enraptures her audiences jamming at the crossroads of free-spirited songwriting and untamed slide guitar playing. Artist, educator, thought leader, I present to you, Sarah Rogo. Where, where are you from originally? I'm originally from the New York area, but um, I'm in Los Angeles right now. I'm based out of Los Angeles. Nice. Do you come from a musical family? Nope, not a... Well, you know, maybe I think my great-grandfather played a mean banjo. Oh, yeah? But, but other than, and then my great-grandmother loved to dance. But other than that, my, my family is not really into music. But I think that's exactly why I chose music. <laughs> gotcha. So you're, you're starting the first generation... So how did you, you know, where did this come from? How did you get started with music? Well, um, I will say, and, you know, I love that you're carrying the torch of like education, but a lot of it was um, the public school system. Hmm. Um, A lot of it was the public library. And uh, yeah, the public library, I would go to the library all the time when my mom was working and I didn't really have much to do. I'd I'd go Hmm. there go to the CD section and I would just kind of comb through all the CDs and take out, you know, stacks and stacks of from Arabic music to Celtic music, to blues music, to rock music. I would just kind of dive into it. And, um, I, I will safely say that the library, um, definitely changed my life as well as public school, whether it was recorder class, um, into into band. So that's, that's really how I, how I got into, got into and what was your first um, instrument that you started with? Um, the saxophone. Yeah, saxophone. I was actually a professional saxophone player uh, through college as well, or into college. I went to Berkeley College of Music um, on a saxophone scholarship, actually. Really? And yeah, I played a lot of jazz and classical, um, but guitar, I just, I fell in love. I've played guitar since I was 14 years old, but I just mm. did it as like an extension to me. I didn't think that right. it was something that I could do or pursue, but... Um, I just fell in love with it deeper when I was out in Boston and I met my blues guitar mentors and I just, it became my life. (laughs) Wow. Was there like a certain turning point where you're like, okay, slide, slide guitar. This is my thing. This is, this is what I want to focus on. There was a turning point and, um, his name is Paul Rochelle. Hmm. Um, I still am so grateful to study with him remotely today. Um, I met him in Boston through Berkeley College of Music, and he studied and played with the great Sunhouse, and um, a lot of and played with you know a lot of great people like Bonnie Raitt and um, oh Charles and and all this stuff with his partner Annie Rains, who plays a mean harmonica. But they hmm. they put me under their wing. And they taught me the the slide guitar and let me borrow their amazing instruments just with full trust. And they took me on the road touring down to the Mississippi Delta. And oh my gosh! Yeah, so they they really sparked the, the just the importance of of mentors is a really beautiful beautiful thing. And yeah, it sounds like you were really embraced into a whole community and then taken on the road. It, it's a fascinating story. What are your influences as a uh, slide player? In general speaking, I love to pull from different styles of music that aren't really just um, slide mm. guitar. 
Like I love, right. um, you know, like I love Arabic music. I love Celtic music. I love Indian music. Um, but similar, um, Derek Trucks, uh, my favorite slide guitar player, was okay. influenced and, and made his way as a unique guitarist because he studied Indian music and is very, um, very enthralled with Indian music. So I think as instrumentalists, it's really important for us to not just look at, you know, our the famous mm-hmm. um, instrumentalists around us of the same instrument, but to look to other styles styles of music um mm. so but, but as for guitar i love derek trucks um Trucks, okay like so creative and brilliant um but i also love um you know the pre-war blues i love um blind oh, wow. willie i love blind willie johnson i love some sunhouse i love um skip james um the list kind of goes on and on i love memphis mini um a lot mm. of the mamas of the blues so to speak there's what a lot of history think- I'm sorry to uh, interrupt. What do you think it is about that pre-war blues that really strikes a chord with you? I think it's the lack of overthinking. <laughs> I mm. think it's the point where where culture was still really um, embedded within um, within the music, and it, they just they they played to live and they they lived to play. Mm. Whereas you know sometimes now we're we're caught up in like okay, well I want to write this song, but I want it to be more for radio because this is going to be like my radio single, so right. I. And, and I think sometimes when we, when we play and when we write from a space of like thinking versus just like, I need this to like survive in my emotions right. or in the world. Um, I think, uh, it was, it, I'm not going to say it was like a simpler time back then because nothing is ever simple, but there was less like noise of like technology, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, those artists didn't have the internet to say, right inspired by Derek trucks or this or that. And so there's sometimes we're inspired and there's so much information coming at us that, um, you know, like the limitation of just having what's in front of you in the present moment is, is really beautiful. So, yeah, I think that's what makes, makes it extra special. And plus there's just the, that, that sheer, just like rawness and the pain of, of Mm -hmm. racism of, um, you know, of poverty, of injustice, right. of just trying to kind of, just kind of walk through the world and and survive. That, you know, it makes it more potent. Yeah, it seems like there was maybe a, a purity of intent uh, with the music. There wasn't any um, other motives other than to express yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do you have certain um, tunings that you prefer? I, I'm not much of a slide player. I've I've tried it a few times, um, so I'm really fascinated by this. What tunings do you prefer? Okay, I love open tunings. I think standard tuning yeah. on the guitar is great. Um, I think you can do a lot with it. But originally speaking, um, on the guitar or on instruments itself, um, there were open tunings, like even mm. instruments. Africa or um, Mongolia, um, there's all their instruments are tuned up to a chord. Um, so slide guitar kind of um, usually resonates with that. Right. Um, I love um, the tuning of open D. Open D, gotcha. So if you're a guitar player, um, the strings are um, D, A, D, F sharp, A, D. Now some guitar players play in dad, gad. Instead of the F sharp, it's a, 
I play an open open D, so it's D A D F sharp A D. And that way, when you strum without hitting any of the strings, it's a D chord. Right. So you Perfect. just kind of you just kind of center everything around that. And so I use open D. I use open G often mm. as well. Um, but those are kind of the two main to me slide guitar tunings that that I play around with. And there's a lot of lot of really cool things you can find with that. What what are some of the unique characteristics of those tunings that, that you know maybe open D? What does that lead you towards certain licks or riffs? You know. Yeah. Totally. So the, the cool thing about open tunings is that you have the open strings to play around with. So even if you want all the strings to ring out, you can just play one note. Um, just like, like Joni Mitchell, how she does a lot of that type nice. of stuff too. And then when it comes to the like the slide, you can there just. There we slide. go. The cool thing yeah. about guitar is that it's actually pre it's pretty simple because you have the, that open D to go back to. So you mm -hmm. slide, you only really focus on if you're playing blues, like the open strum, uh, the fifth fret, the seventh fret, sometimes the third and open and the 12th fret as well. That's all you really know. Open, third, fifth, seven, simple but it's what you do with that that counts i feel like we're in a movie oh, that sound it just it, it transports you yeah, it's a great time. <laughs> like we're on the mississippi right now <laughs> yeah if you're watching this I'm, I'm sure some of you are like what is she holding is that a guitar oh, is that a wow you know what is happening here <laughs> yes is, talk about history right here this is a mm. um, national resophonic guitar um it's called a, the kind of guitar it is called a resonator guitar okay yeah, they're completely metal. Um, I do have one that's mahogany and brass, but this one's completely brass. And as you can see, underneath the hood of this are three cones because it's called a tricone guitar. They're like little discs that are raised. So it's like when you, you know, when you put your phone into a cup to make like a, a makeshift speaker, mm -hmm. or you go, hello, yeah, hello, yeah. hello. Cup in it, your voice amplifies so it's the same thing how this guitar works this is a natural amplified guitar um and it was created um forgive me about dates but i think it's around 19 like 30s um wow. guitars are created because they needed to compete with the big bands because there was no amplifiers um so these had to be naturally very loud guitars interesting um, so yeah and this is how they kind of they they came to be yeah. Wow. That's an incredible 
not only sounding guitar, but it's beautiful the way it's crafted. It looks, you know, it, it's an old, old school guitar, but it looks futuristic. Exactly. I know. It's funny. I mean, this one, this one's, um, this one was made just for me um, a handful of years ago. Um, but there are some that I still exist from like the forties and thirties that work great. And uh, they just, they're, they're timeless instruments. And um, I actually work with this company to help people build like their custom, custom national guitars. And mm. um, they're all, they're all just such high quality and amazing, amazing things. But if um, you know, if you're on a budget uh, to get a resonator guitar, you can go with a company called recording King. Okay, um, thank you. Republic, because those are those are two affordable options. Um, if you the, a national resophonic is is definitely an investment. So there's there's a lot of options if you want to want to find something like this. How did you choose, uh, Sarah? Which finger to slide with? Because I know some people slide with their middle. Oh, yeah. So did you make uh, that choice? I think it was. It's just as natural as like when you're younger, like what foot you decide to kick with with the ball. Honestly, like I yeah. like my because I can use my other fingers behind Makes the sense. I, I can yeah. so I can play behind my slide but some people mm -hmm. are very comfortable um using it on their um ring figure and a lot mm. of fly guitar players will use either or so i don't think there's a right or the wrong answer i personally just use my pinky and how did you arrive at that particular uh slide because i know that we have the i mean maybe you can explain to the audience what are some of the the slide options mm -hmm. yeah so um <sighs> There are a handful of different options. You can do glass. Um, and I actually do rotate and kind of use them all. Mostly it's because of like what I can find in my bedroom or my case, but yeah. <laughs> I use glass. Okay. There's glass. There's steel. Um, there is, there's another slide I have called magnesium. It's basically magnesium. a glass slide, um, but it's, it's metal, but it's like the lightest metal like it's almost like air. Um, mm. Magnified is the name of the company. Um, and there's ceramic as well, like pottery. Jeez. So, yeah, I mean, oftentimes different guitars will react. Like when you play a glass slide, it's usually a little bit more smoother and sweeter as when you play mm. a brass slide. Um, you have the option for it to be like really hardy and like clangy if you want, like the, the oh, texture. But any good slide player can can get a lot of those sounds out of any slide. I think it just depends on like your preference of like weight. I actually love a heavy slide because I could just feel like the I, I just like um and I just kind of break glass all the time. So I've stopped using glass. You're sliding pretty hard, Sarah. Yeah, I mean I just I just drop it. I just I put it on my lap and I end up standing up and I just keep breaking them. So I just usually just go with my the glass and they don't all have to be um rounded like this i like it just because i can hit notes from the top but um i would just say in picking a slide make sure it's not too big it's okay if it's mm -hmm. like, you know, if it's a little clunky because there's a piece of material on your finger it's inherently going to be some adjustment but 
Um, make sure it's it's not too big, especially if you have smaller hands. Um, there's companies okay. out there, many companies have um, small size slides. You know, as I always wonder with slide players, do you ever get the urge just to play without a slide? Or is yeah. it like you just love that slide so much you're, you're going to reach for that slide every time? I mean, I do. I play like, um, I play electric guitar and I play slide with electric guitar, but sometimes I, I have certain guitars that are in standard tuning that um, I just, I just play normally too. Cause I, I play other like singer songwriter music and mm -hmm. other folk and, and blues and, you know, it's, it's nice to sometimes not have a slide too. So hmm. everything is, uh, it's just a different, uh, flavor or a different, um, painting, so to speak, you know? So, yeah. What is a day in the life of playing the guitar look like for you? Like, when are you playing? What are you playing? Are you writing, practicing, improvising and how long? I think every day is just completely different. I've kind mm. of, but I say this as somebody who has worked on her discipline. Like I am a very disciplined person and, um, but I don't really force myself to kind of sit down and practice anything in particular, sit down and write anything in particular. I kind of granted, I had enough of that in music school. So that mm -hmm. it is helpful for, I think for people to discipline themselves in that way, but I'm really just allow myself to be inspired by like whatever's around me. I love to travel. I'm obviously mm -hmm. right now, you know, I can't, but I love to travel and I just take my guitar with me wherever I go. And that's why I chose the guitar and I couldn't really learn the piano when I tried because I couldn't sit still. Um, so I bring my guitar wherever I go, whether it's a park or um, to another country. And I usually just play and compose like with my inspiration around me. Um, sometimes my days consist of like just listening and trying to figure out what I'm listening to. Sometimes it's writing and sometimes it's playing no guitar at all. Like there's been times where I, I, I didn't play guitar for like a full week and that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm practicing other things that inherently, uh, help my guitar playing. Like I love Qigong. Um, I'm a martial artist. I love martial arts. Um, I took up roller skating, skateboarding. I love surfing. Um, oh my gosh. Dancing. Like to me, all like allowing myself to do all of those things is actually going to help me play the guitar. So anybody who's like, I have to, you know, be this prolific guitar player. I need to just sit down and practice for like six hours a day or whatever. And if that calls to you, that's great. But I think allowing yourself to like live and like have fun and be inspired, I think that's where, where, where the magic is. So yeah, a day in the life of me is uh, hmm. kind of, just, you know, whatever I'm inspired, whatever I'm inspired to do. Granted, I do know when I'm avoiding my guitar, like I do know that like I would feel, I'd have a good time if I picked up a guitar and learned the song I've always wanted to be learning. And once I'm like sitting down, I get rolling. So there's something to be said for sometimes just discipline and sit down with the guitar and start. <laughs> It sounds like you have so many um, cool artistic um, options and choices that I'm sure some of them inform each other and you borrow from different different uh, disciplines and it probably merges its way into your art with music. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I teach, I mean, I, I do teach um, 
guitar and I do teach mm-hmm. music, but I actually teach, um, I'm a creative coach. Uh, I, I believe in yeah. integration and I help people and help myself help artists, whether the artists are visual artists or guitar players, whatever. Um, I help them integrate like other practices into their life that will ultimately help their creativity or blossom that. And I, I think if you just, you know, treat yourself and your guitar like a machine that you just constantly mm. run and practice, you're not really an artist, right? Yeah. You're you might be a guitar player, but you're not really an artist. And at the end of the day, um, we want to move ourselves and we want to move people. So um, what are we really trying to do here? Um, mm. so I think, you know, in integrating like passions, like whatever you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, and then things like mindfulness, like certain aspects of meditation and mm. um, like even working with a student the other day, she had a hard, she has a hard time sitting down and committing to playing her guitar because maybe there's some resistance there because she doesn't feel like, Oh, she's good enough or can't figure mm. it out or, and realize like, that's not an issue with the guitar. Right. That's that has to be looked at, um, you know, separately and together with the guitar. So just having, getting people to understand that playing the guitar or learning an instrument is, is about like integrating our emotions and our mind and our body and our spirit to like work as one. You see, you seem very, um, you know, I, I look up to you as far as being, just so connected to your art. I know I've gone through phases where I feel like a machine <laughs> and you lose, uh, you can lose touch with why you started, but I, I always, you. yeah, always seem to find a way back, but, um, you know, it's very inspiring, uh, what you're doing and how you're able to stay connected to your art and stay grounded. I think we always kind of lose our way sometimes. And as long as we come back, it's, it's, fine. yeah. <laughs> How has music helped you connect to a, a broader world? Well, um, my main, uh, goal, I guess I should say with music is actually to travel the world and connect people, um, with each other, um, mm. to connect my fans with different types of music to different cultures. Um, I like, I just went to, uh, Nicaragua not too long ago and, um, you know, just learning the language there, learning Spanish and incorporating Spanish in some of my songs, mm. um, with some of the locals, you know, um, making connections for them with them. Um, and just having that plan to do that kind of all around the world, not only like incorporate, um, some of that flair into my own music, but allowing them maybe even whether it's through my podcast or, um, through, you know, musical recordings have, have a platform for them mm. to get discovered, um, and to have them be able to highlight parts of their culture to different audiences. So that's, that's really my passion, especially after kind of going through the ringer, the music industry ringer here in LA, like it just yeah. is kind of dark and it gets cloudy. And I realize like, what's, what is the purpose of music and life? And it's to me, I, I just want to, um, make the world like a, a better place. And I think that's mm. standing out into the world versus just focusing on like a market or an industry in, in a city, you know, 
Yeah. And your music, I mean, you're, you're incorporating so many different styles. Um, so I just imagine as you continue to grow, it's just going to have more of a, a broader appeal um, just because you're connected to so many cultures and you're not necessarily like trying to do the thing that is going to appeal to everybody or a certain market. It just comes natural because this is who you naturally are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, and then that's the advice too I have for, for any artist is that be who you are. And if you don't know who you are, like, that's why, that's what the journey is. It's just like mm. finding or not who you are can always be changed and can always just evolve. But, um, I think to me, that's, that's the goal is be who you are and not what the world is trying to mold you into. Mm, that's inspiring right there. Um, I read on your site that there was, a an Indian family down the street that had a musical impact on your artistry. Can you speak to that a little bit? Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, uh, I had a neighbor neighbors growing up that, um, I don't think they realize I should reach out to them. I don't think they realize how much they've, they affected me, but, um, you know, my parents were, my dad's a businessman. My mom's a flight attendant. They were, they were traveling, um, a lot and I would spend a lot of time with my neighbors and their, uh, Indian immigrant family. Um, and they just the, walking into their house, just the smells of the food and the colors and, and the, the festivities and the music is just so beautiful. Um, and I just remember laying under their piano, um, while they would practice like one by one, they would practice the classical music. And I would just like land at the piano and <clears throat> memorize these songs just with mm. in my and, um, and then get to go to their like cultural dance, you know, dance ceremonies and, um, eat dinner with them, you know, eat with my hands and f experience different flavors as like a, like a 10 year old, you know, wow. these strong, pungent flavors. I, it just really, it really affected me like a lot, you know, having that around. What do you think is the most important lesson you learned in your journey with music? the first thing that's coming to my mind is let go mm. and surrender to whatever is flowing through you. And it's okay if it's not what you thought it would be mm. and trust, trust the process and maintain, maintain your integrity. And, uh, and don't give yourself away. Don't, uh, Use your intuition, you know, especially when it comes mm. to business, you know. Uh, but yeah, ultimately speaking, the main lesson is just uh, let go and let it let it flow through you. How do you let go, though? That's a great question. I'll see what <laughs> you do. No, uh, I'll see you in episode ten. No, um, again, we talk about, talk about that integration, and it's the practice to me of that is is a type of meditation. I mean, it doesn't have mm. to be very stereotypical, like, you know, you sit cross-legged and you try to clear your mind or maybe that works. Right. But letting go is actually a practice and you can't just tell somebody, let go, relax. Don't right. think that's a practice within itself. And 
I I equally practice the art of letting go as much, if not more than practicing my actual guitar. Hmm. It's something you have to, so it's something you have to do over and over. Yeah. Just like practicing and picking up your guitar, practicing those slide guitar licks. Mm. Yeah. Because this, those slide guitar licks are not going to be even physically letting go in the body. If I'm like tight because I'm trying to like, you know, think too hard or mm -hmm. it's not going to come out. Whereas if I'm just kind of like relaxed and like letting go of the, the worry of being sloppy or not getting something right. Like if I, if I imbue my music with a spirit, if I make a mistake, is that really a mistake? Mm. You know? Right. Yeah. So letting go is, is, is means a lot of things, but letting go means like not caring in a way and just, just, just doing it, you know, just playing and not caring what it, it sounds like or who's going to like it or, you know, get the mind out of it. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a lot of us are attracted to artists, timeless artists who they didn't really care what you thought in, in some ways, this is, this is who I am. This is what I do. They, they might care about the broader world and care about social issues, but they didn't care <laughs> whether you might agree with them or, if or you they, didn't like this melody or yeah. this, this is it. That's a battle too, though. And I think that's what I, I want young artists and old artists to, to understand is that those people who don't care about like what anybody thinks, like that's because they practice that. It doesn't, that to me as a human doesn't come naturally because we're, we're naturally kind of self-conscious. We want people to like us, but the people right. who are doing well and saying like, you know what, I don't care. You know, I don't care what other people think or something, you know, I, I think that's, that's a practice um, mm. because they're so strong in themselves that they know who they are. So it's not even that they don't care what other people think. They understand the power of, of sticking to who they are. And uh, if people don't like it, then they don't like it. Right. Where can we point the new Sarah Rogo fans? Well, um, there's a few different places. Um, okay. I do um, a lot of, I have a lot of activity on Instagram, which is Rogo the wild. Um, but you can also visit my website, um, rogothewild.com. If you type into Facebook, Rogo the wild, you'll see a page named just Rogo come up. You can follow that. Um, and what I've been focusing on lately is a, um, through my website, um, I've been focusing on doing a subscription only, um, or a subs fan subscription page where I, I give, um, you know, um, exclusive slide lessons, um, exclusive sneak peeks to videos, to music, um, to news. And that's only $5 a month. It's a kind of like, Oh, cool favorite artist, a cup of coffee and they get all this mm. explosive things. Um, but another thing that you can um, do is sign up for my email list. That's completely okay. free. Um, and that's just on my website, rogue of the wild. So when in doubt, just go to rogue of the wild.com and you'll find, you'll find everything there. And I do Thank teach you. zoom lessons as well. Private zoom lessons. Fantastic. I might need some slide lessons. Yes. <laughs> well, I appreciate this, Sarah. We're going to pop all the links up and, um, 
best of luck to you in your your musical journey it sounds like it's constantly evolving and um, I, i'm just grateful that you were to able to share your story with us yes thanks so much i appreciate it all right talk to you later Bye.